G'day and welcome to Perco's Podcast, a podcast all about strategy, leadership and soul care. We're here to help you obtain your personal, professional and spiritual goals without losing your soul. We hope that today's episode is refreshing and gives you a new perspective. Now here's your host, Jason Perkins. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 33, part one of Perco's Podcast. I hope that all is well with your souls and that you are able to get some much needed rest over the past couple of holiday weeks. I also hope that over the past couple of weeks during our Life Manifesto episodes that you were able to really consider who you want to become this year. If you missed that episode about creating a Life Manifesto, never fear. You can listen back to episode 32 with my good friend Sadara Udalagama to create your very own Life Manifesto. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to a good friend of mine who has not only shaped my leadership for many years, but also has shaped and influenced so many other lives as well. And I know that this conversation is going to be helpful for you reaching your goals without losing your soul. Before I do that, though, I want to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners named Chris, who recently reached out to me to let me know that he is updating his life manifesto or dashboard. And the recent episodes were really helpful to him. I'm thrilled it was helpful for you, Chris. And even more importantly, I am pumped that you are taking the time to think about who you want to become this year, not just what you need to get done. I love hearing from people who listen to the podcast, and I would love to hear from you as well. So hit me up. The best way to do that is via Instagram. My account handle is at Jason Perko Perkins. I look forward to connecting with you online this week. Well, it is my pleasure to introduce you to today's guest, Clay Scroggins. Clay resides in Atlanta, Georgia with his wife, Jenny, and they've got five kids. He's a speaker, a writer, and he creates content and resources on personal development for emerging leaders. Recently, Clay has gone through a major shift in his life, and we talk about this on the podcast where he resigned from his role as lead pastor at one of North Point Community Church's campuses in the Atlanta area to pursue a career in writing and speaking. Clay originally graduated from Georgia Tech University as an industrial engineer and has then spent the past 20 years or so serving in the local church. Clay and I talk about the liminal space he is currently in, how to keep your soul sane in a season of change, and what things are looking like for his future. He's written three books, including How to Lead in a World of Distraction and How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, which was a phenomenal book that I read with my oldest son. Highly recommend it. Clay is a mastermind at taking what is typically only written for the head of a company or the primary leader of an organization and making it applicable to everyone. Clay has also just released a brand new book, that came out on January the 11th called The Aspiring Leader's Guide to the Future, Nine Surprising Ways Leadership is Changing. Clay addresses topics such as vulnerability being a strength, how to perceive and embrace failure, how to build and gain trust, and how not only to brace for change, but embrace it as well. If you're interested in purchasing Clay's new book, you can do so by clicking on the link in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Clay Scroggins. Clay, mate, so good to see you. How are things in Atlanta, Georgia for you right these days? 
Hot. Very hot, Perko. It's like 95 degrees outside. You know what? Uh, Hotlanta. Hotlanta. That's right. That's it, man. It is known for that. So you guys are wrapping up, wrapping up your summer and heading into some cooler months, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. What's what how about what what's happening where you are? So we are um coming out of winter, which where I live is is quite frankly the San Diego or like the you know, kind of Fort Lauderdale of Australia. Like we're we're pretty cruising when it comes to weather is concerned. And uh so we're coming out of winter, but winter's not that tough here. We we probably see 70s most days. So we're going to be into some warmer months coming up. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Lovely. Mate, I, I want to dive into some really important questions because you, you're in a season right now that I think is fascinating for leaders to learn from. But before we get to the important questions, I've got this list of 10 uber important questions that uh, will help us to get to know you a little bit. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you either or, and I just want you to pick one of the two as we fly through this list. Are you a coffee or sure. tea, coffee or tea drinker? Coffee. Coffee. Okay. Apple or PC? Well, I, I, hang on a second. This is, uh, oh, uh, uh, this is sweet tea, cold sweet. tea. Yes. Yeah, sweet so. iced tea. He's a true, he's a true yeah. Southerner. That's what he is. Apple, <laughs> Apple or PC, my friend, what do you like to use? Uh, I like the apple. Okay. Yeah. Beaches or mountains. If you're going away. Definitely the beach. Okay. And are you a dog or a cat guy? A uh, dog. I wouldn't have thought. We actually it. just we just uh, purchased a dog that we get next week. Really? The kids are pumped. I yeah. bet. What kind of dog are you getting? It's a little embarrassing, Jason, because it's one of those uh, designer dogs. Okay, a designer dog. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a a bichon mixed with a poodle it's called a beach poo a beach poo okay so, say that a say, that, poo. say yeah. that five times fast. Yeah. that'll get you into trouble yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> good stuff all right I, I can't wait to see the dog by the way and for those that are listening to the podcast clay is a is a fun Same. follow a fun follow on the instagram so make sure you follow along because you'll get to know the dog i'm sure hey are you uh are you a netflix or a youtube guy Hmm. Probably, probably more YouTube than Netflix for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube. All right. Call or text. Definitely text. Okay. All right. Definitely text podcast or music. Mm, That's tough. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty split. I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of music, but I'd probably have to go probably music. Really? more than podcasts that's yeah. just that's disappointing considering the platform that we are <laughs> you know and i took that into consideration when i was making my answer but i thought i gotta i gotta keep it 100 that's it you got that integrity thing is a big deal that's right all right uh passenger or driver driver okay saver or spender spender mm. Married, is, married to a saver. Okay, I was just going to say, does Jenny help keep the place sane? Okay, that's, that's right. Good. That's right. That's good. All right, final question in this 60 seconds with Perko, which always takes more than 60 seconds. But this is probably the most important question, Clay, of all time in the leadership realm. Toilet paper roll. Are you an over or under guy? Over. Okay. All day. 
I knew we were good friends. I just knew it. That's so good. I, <laughs> there it is. I there love the fact is. that I can come over to your house, Clay, without any fear or trepidation of walking into your restroom and having to change things up. Like that's thank you. Super helpful. Yes. All right, man. We're gonna we're gonna dive into some fun questions, and uh, I think we're gonna learn a lot. I really do from the season that you're currently in, and some of the things that you are doing. And I'm I'm stoked about it. On your website, here's what your bio says, Clay says pastor, speaker, author, father of five. That's that's impressive right there. Father of five. <laughs> that's good. And Jenny's husband. I'm surprised that pro golfer is not listed there. I don't know, like if your publicist hasn't updated the website yet or, or what's the deal. But in all seriousness, I would love it for our Southern Hemisphere audience who may not be as familiar with some of your backstory. I'd love it if you just share yeah. a video story like grew up. Sure in the South and where you went to school and maybe some of your ministry sure. experience, that'd be great. Yeah. I, I, um, I do like to play a lot of golf. Okay. Um, uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but I'm, I'm currently in this, uh, new season of life where I'm working for myself right now and I'm actually playing golf the next three days. Nice. And my wife's been giving me a hard time about it. Like, Hey, when are, when are you going to work? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that was the whole point of all this. So, uh, yeah, my quick story, I grew up, uh, my, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, moved to Tuscaloosa, Alabama when I was about seven, grew up there. Uh, it's, it's a town of about 100,000. It's got a university there, the University of Alabama, mm -hmm. which is most you know, most widely known for their college football team. They've won quite a few national championships in my, over the past few years, my parents are big Alabama football fans. So therefore growing up there, I am as well, uh, going, grew up in a Christian home, um, great parents who love Jesus and have an older sister, a younger sister. Uh, when it came time for me to go to college, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia to go to Georgia tech, which is, a uh, uh, primarily an engineering school. So I studied industrial and systems engineering there. But um, the best thing that happened to me while I was there is I got connected to North Point Community Church. North Point was kind of in, in its infancy when I first started attending there and just had rapid growth uh, in those kind of late 90s, early 2000 years. My life was radically shaped by North Point. I was, I just loved the church. Andy Stanley was, um, just such a unique voice Bible teacher in my life. And I remember praying at that, you know, like 22, when I finally decided, I think I'm going to do ministry with my vocation. I remember being like 21, 22, wrapping up college, praying, God, if you would allow me to, that's the kind of person I'd like to work for. Wow. Um, that's the kind of person I want to be shaped by. So God answered that prayer, which was tremendous, a huge blessing for me. I moved to Dallas, Texas to go to seminary, but quickly started working for North Point and um, worked in student ministry. They would, uh, they would fly me back from Dallas, Texas, where I was studying, uh, and um, they would fly me back about every other weekend to speak to their student ministry. At the time, North Point was in a season where they were flush with cash. Okay. They just had one site, um, and they were willing to fly me back, which was great. So anyway, I um, worked in student ministry for the next, probably the next eight years. Uh, met my wife in Dallas, Texas. She's a Texan. 
uh, not Austin, but a little town called Tyler, Texas in East Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we moved to Atlanta in 2006. It was, it was moving back for me. And I served as the uh, our high school ministry. I was our high school director for um, the next five years. And so uh, Andy Stanley's kids all came through the student ministry when I, that I was I was leading it at the time, which was kind of a you know it was like a make it break it thing when the senior pastor's kids are in your student ministry. So we've got a lot of fun stories about that season of life. But that was a really sweet season for us. We had our first kid. And, uh, we were doing we were just really loving student ministry, going on trips with students and hanging out with students a lot. Um, became a campus pastor at one of our campuses. We got, uh, I guess at the time, we had three campuses in Atlanta. We now have eight campuses in the Atlanta area. But um, I was a campus pastor for the next 10 years at uh, one of our campuses called Brownsbridge. Then I was in Alpharetta at our um, original uh campus called North Point in Alpharetta and then moved to Buckhead Church two years ago and then I resigned about a month ago so I've been uh, trying to figure out life for the last month (laughs) for the last month trying to play as much golf as possible so that's that's uh that's pretty much it in there I love it well Well, and we're going to talk Clay we're going to talk more about what's next or or you know what you are thinking about what is next for you because you don't yeah. have a clear. It sounds like you didn't quit your job and and resign and because you're you're taking in a new role either within North Point or outside of North Point. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But I just want to say on a personal level, Clay, I've been tracking with you throughout the years, primarily through message series. To be honest, like you know the series that you do um, at North Point or at the campuses that you've been serving at. And they've been hugely helpful. In fact, the theme of our podcast is helping leaders reach their goals without losing their souls. And you've done some series over the years related to kind of emotional health, I would call it, where you've, mm-hmm. you've kind of jumped into that space. And um, they've been super influential for me personally and in my leadership and just wanted to say a huge thanks. And so it's actually a, a message that you did recently that caught my attention that I was like, you know what? I got to reach out to Clay. I'd love to have a conversation with, with him while he's going through this season. The title of the message was how to keep your soul sane in a season of change, which I love that. And uh, you talked about one of the most famous, I think probably the most famous poems of all time, Psalm 23. And you highlighted in the message, this line that says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He refreshes my soul. I would love to know, Clay, just to take a deep dive straight into it. What does lying down in green pastures look like for you on a practical level? How does that typically play out for you? Uh, that's a great, I'm, that's an important question for sure. It's a question I'm still trying to figure out how to answer, but um, let me just back up one second, Jason, to tell you, um, thank you for the kind things you said about my sermons. You. Um, I'll, I'll return the uh, compliments. When you were leading Red Rock Church in uh, Colorado, I remember listening to you talk about some of the things you all were doing in the community. And that had a really big influence on me as I was, uh, I had just transitioned to Buckhead Church trying to figure out how could we love the city of Atlanta, at least make sure that the city of Atlanta, the people in the city of Atlanta knew that, that we loved them. So 
anyway, mutual respect for what you've done as a leader as well. Um, yeah, laying down in green pastures, I that that little phrase, you know, it begins with he makes me mm. lie down in green pastures. Yes. Um, it's a little bit, it reminds me of what, what the, that popular uh, worship song right now that says um, that he's chasing after me. Is that the idea that he's he's running after me? I think it's in that uh, Bethel song, Goodness of God, in the bridge. Anyway, similar concept of, um, you know, I don't know why sometimes we make God's goodness and his mercy chase after us or run after us. Um, so many times in my life, I've just thought, you know, why don't I just stop uh, and just lie down? Why do I make him make me lie down in the green pastures? Why don't I just lie down in the green pastures? But uh, yeah, for me, it doesn't come easy. I like progress. I like movement. I like activity. Mm. Um, I'm also highly relational, so it's just hard to, you know, um, I don't, I, I don't enjoy rest very well. Um, and I, you know, who knows exactly what David was talking about inspired by the Holy spirit. But, um, my guess is as best I can tell that green pasture represents rest that time when we've got to stop to depend on him. Mm. So I would say it's some of those rhythms, those spiritual disciplines, you know, all the things that we make ourselves stop doing, you know, Sabbath is pretty important to me. Um, I've, that's been a pretty um, important routine in my own life. I would also just say, you know, those, not just the weekly Sabbath, but um, the, those times of vacation, detaching from work, pulling away from it. It was interesting to me. The longer I was in ministry, the more I looked forward to the weekend. Yeah. Um, the harder ministry got, the more I looked forward to the weekend and really turning it off, you know, choosing to turn it off for a season of time to uh, remind ourselves, depend on us, that it's going to keep going no matter what, that God's going to, you know, he's going to continue to um, lead people to himself, either with us or without us. And that's all been. The, those are the green pastures for me is really those moments of dependence of uh, uh, pressing pause on work for sure. Yeah. I clay am a recovering achievaholic. I uh, am an yeah. Enneagram three. And so I uh, just love, I, I remember telling somebody, in the job interview for the role that you talked about at Red Rock Church in Colorado, I remember telling them with pride that I am addicted to progress and I just love progress as if that was some sort of badge of honor. And um, uh -huh. man, it is, it is hard when that, that line says, he makes me lie down. I feel like every Friday, because I happen to Sabbath from Friday night to Saturday night, just because of the rhythm of our lives. Yeah. I feel like every yeah. single Friday, it's an act of surrender to just put it down and um, not not look at it for 24 hours is is a, a big, big deal. Big deal. It's tough. It's not easy. I know some people, maybe it comes easier to them, but for me anyway, and it sounds like for you, it it's a challenge can be. Is that, would that be true? Yeah, absolutely. I, what I'm learning in this season, um, I like being needed. I, I, you know, and there's, there's some, there's something good about being needed. I think when we feel like we're really helping people doing our part to, 
love and serve others, then I think it's natural when you're in a position of leadership and there's people that depend on you, um, you're going to naturally feel needed. And it's work was july 30th so as the time we're doing this podcast it's august 30th so it's or is it the 30th or the 29th it's the yeah, 30th yeah. where you are 31st. 30th where yeah 30th where i'm at yeah something like that yep so we're about a month it's been a month um for me and already you know the uh, less emails coming in uh the phone rings less less text messages but it's it's um as hard as that has been, it's also been, it's been good to, um, you know, that I think one of the things that Green Pasture does is it helps us realize that we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something I like about taking myself pretty seriously, but learning to not take myself too seriously, uh, I think is a really good act of, it's an exercise of uh, reality, an exercise of humility. Uh, it's, it's a, it certainly is. Yeah. It's a, it's a discipline. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a, a mutual friend of ours. Um, Kerry had Gordon McDonald on his podcast recently. And as he gets older, he's talking about this idea of more and more obscurity. You know, the older you get, the more obscure you become and, and less people texting you, less people asking you to come and speak at a conference or whatever, and talking about preparing for that early. And I was like, man, I need to, pay attention to that and, and be aware of the fact that that's just a reality of life. So yeah, it's good. Hey, last year, Clay, for me, I, um, I hit a massive wall before we pressed record on the podcast and, and started recording. I shared with you just briefly, I hit something at the beginning of 2020, Mm -hmm. um, that just kind of blew up my world. The whole reason we had come back to Australia two years ago, disappeared over a night overnight like it was gone um and then two weeks later this little thing called a global pandemic hit so people people were not hiring um we were talking about do we go back to the states do we stay in australia like just so many questions so what had been had wrapped up and we had no idea quite frankly of what was next in the midst of a very significant global crisis and I came across this, I came across this term or this phrase called liminal space. And I guess it comes from like architectural backgrounds, kind of the space between what was and what's next. And so like a hallway is a liminal space or an airport in transportation terms is you're not there yet to your destination, but you've left the place you were, you know, traveling from. And so I kind of I've dove into this concept of a liminal space, this season of waiting and not knowing. And it seems like currently you're in a, a bit of a liminal space. Would you describe it? Would you describe it as that? And I'd love to know what's been your greatest fear in this season, in this liminal space? What's been kind of the thing that you've wrestled with the most from an emotion standpoint? Yeah, I'm that that term is uh, just a couple of weeks old for me as well. Uh, I just got familiar with a couple weeks ago talking to a new friend of mine about the just as you described it and we were talking about it um from the sense that there just aren't many liminal spaces 
in our lives anymore. I mean, we've filled everything up. I mean, we don't wait in waiting rooms as much. We don't wait. Um, even over the last couple of years, I mean, I, you know, I, I have zero tolerance for traffic and I live in a city that is, uh, has pretty bad traffic, but we just haven't had a lot of traffic and we haven't sat in a lot of traffic and they're just, yeah, there, there are less and less of those spaces where we're just sitting there. Um, I love the way you put it. What has been is over and what's to come has not yet come. Yeah. And it's, it's really such a good, um, I think it's such a great way to think about this life that in a way that is what this life is all about, that um, we are coming from somewhere and we're going to somewhere, but we're not yet there. And what we do with that space, I think is really important. I think the, um, what I've discovered in this season, because yeah, my, my career took a pretty substantial shift when we decided a couple of months ago that um, our time at North Point Ministries was finished. And so I had this uh, really healthy, fantastically, um, as positive as it could have been meeting with Andy Stanley, where I said, hey, I'm here to let you know that I'm going to resign at the end of the year. Um, That was a pretty, that was ending a season. A season was coming to a conclusion. And I didn't know, I still don't exactly know what's coming up next. And so one of the things I'm trying to discover, trying to learn is not seeing this time as the time of waiting, not seeing this time as, um, you know, grieving something that is over and waiting in anticipation for something to come, but really trying to live in this day as this is the time that this is the space that this is the season. Mm. Um, and I, and some of that is just the way my own career is working out. I'm currently working for myself, doing a bunch of different projects that I'm kind of uh, orchestrating on my own, still doing some preaching, still doing some things with uh, our North point partner network. Um, and what I'm discovering is I think the, the waiting might actually become the thing it might actually be the mm. it might actually be the now um, yeah. that yeah. the now that the future may have actually arrived and um that's not easy to determine that but i just that's been a really good challenge for me to not not just live in the past and not just live in anticipation of the future but really trying to live as if it is the thing today is the the moment you know a great time to practice that jason is next time you're on a next time you're on a flight and the airplane is taxiing from after you land to the time you get to the gate. That is the most difficult time in life to be content. One of the most difficult times in life because you think we're already there, but we're not yet there yet. Yes. And if you can, in that moment, go, all right, this is a good moment for me to practice. How can I be present and be content in this liminal space? Um, It's a really good exercise. Um, I'll stop there and let you respond to any of that. I know you asked about fear and I'll ha- happy to get to that as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, I, I love talk too much. So I'll Clay, stop. I love, I love mate. The, the idea that we can be in that place and it may not be the in-between place. We may actually already be where God wants us to be. In fact, I'm convinced that we are where he wants us to be right. and he wants us to lean into him. Right in that in that space and yet so often our mind is maybe like you said in the past or in the future at least that's where mine 
tends to go is always, you know, tends to go future, future, future. But it may be, no, 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 he's, he's like, no, present, present, present is exactly what I want you to be focused on. Well, we are going to pause the conversation right there for this week and pick it up next week with Clay talking about the fears that he and his family faced going into this season of transition and not knowing exactly what their next step would be. Don't miss part two of this conversation next week with Clay. It is really, really good. Also, don't forget to pick up a copy of his latest book, The Aspiring Leader's Guide to the Future, Nine Surprising Ways Leadership is Changing. You can click on the link in the show notes below to grab your copy today. Before I go, I want to make sure you don't miss any conversations like this one, especially if you're brand new to the podcast. So if you haven't already done so, sign up for the weekly email that I send out. You can do that by heading over to my website. It's jasonperkoperkins.com. You can sign up for our weekly email there. We will promise not to inundate you every day with emails that just simply fill up your inbox. We want to provide you resources that help you reach your goals without losing your soul, including when we release episodes like this one. If you feel inclined, we would love it if you would consider leaving us a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Those reviews not only help us to know what is beneficial in the future for episodes, but they also help us to get the word out about the podcast so that other people like you can listen to these great conversations as well. As always, I'd love to hear from you if you're finding these conversations helpful in feeding your soul lately. That's what the podcast is all about. We want to help people reach their goals without losing their soul. And we love hearing from people who listen to the podcast. So be sure to connect with me online this week. The best way to do that, as always, is to connect with me on Instagram at Jason Perko Perkins is my handle. You can also fill out the connect form with the link in my Instagram bio. If you'd like to jump on a call together, if you'd like to talk about coaching opportunities or things that I do to help leaders, not just through the podcast, but in a more personal way, reach their goals without losing their soul. So use the connect form with the link in my bio. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear from you too. If there's a topic that you would like for us to discuss further, or if there's a guest that you'd love to have us have on the podcast, I'd love to be able to help you out in any way I can. Our dream is to see an entire generation of leaders reach their goals, and at the same time, hear them say, it is well with my soul. And I hope that's true for you today. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I look forward to connecting with you online this week, and I can't wait to share part two of this great conversation with my friend Clay Scroggins next week. Until then, cheers. Cheers.